Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shooting the Shift podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeff. We have Antonio and Will, and we're here today to talk about our Phillies free agent wish list. And no Phillies free agent wish list would be complete without talking about my ultimate free agent get this offseason, John Middleton, go out and get Theo Epstein to be president of baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies. This man is a must-have. Drop the bag for him. I know he said he wanted to take a year off, but don't even let him think about going to another franchise. The Phillies have to have him in our organization yesterday. You know, I could think of some other guys who were going to take a year off. I'm looking at Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers, and somehow Josh Harris can put his foot down and make sure he gets his guys. Why can't John Middleton? This is the most obvious hire of all time. You say you're all in? You're going to die trying to bring a trophy to the Philadelphia Phillies, and you don't want Theo Epstein? You don't even have to die. You just have to bring Theo Epstein. Bringing in Theo Epstein is so much easier than dying. I I think we can all agree there. Yes, yes, it is. You, whatever he wants, if he wants an ownership stake, give it to him. Obviously, you're going to make him the highest paid executive in baseball. He deserves Probably in it. in all of sports. He deserves, he deserves it. it. The dude's not even 50 yet and has stamped his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Broken uh, two curses. Said Bambino curse. 106, nah. 106 years in the Bambino curse. See you later. 108 years in Wrigley Town curse. See you later. Get out of here. It's only been, what, 10 years in Philadelphia? That's nothing. He said there's only room in Chicago for one goat, and that's me. I, when I saw he was – because he was supposed to step down at the end of his contract next season, but – when I saw he stepped down this season, I was like, you got to go out. Guns are blazing. All the stops John Middleton pulled out to get Bryce Harper in the Phillies uniform, you go above and beyond that for Theo Epstein. There's oh, just... man, this is a more important get, too. Oh, I can't, like, I can't even – you, you just have to have him. I mean, he Theo's built the that... kind of guy who could bring in those just under-the-radar guys. Like, one of my biggest – targets from last offseason was Jeremy Jeffress. And who's the guy who went out and got Jeremy Jeffress? Theo Epstein. And what did Jeffress do? Reliever of the year finalist. Yeah, he was a shutdown guy out at Chicago Penn. When we're complaining year in and year out about how we never find these underrated studs, that's what a highly competent future Hall of Famer legit baseball person, brother. (laughs) He's a baseball guy. He is the epitome of a baseball guy. You want him around. Theo Epstein has lived at at a ballpark for his entire life. I I need him. I need him in our front office. Andy McPhail McPhail can be strapped to a rocket and sent to the moon for all I care. Bring in Theo Epstein. I mean, I'd take Andy McPhail out to a nice – go away dinner if it means we get Theo. Yeah. I'd do whatever. Yeah. I'd, I'd treat him treat him nicely. 
Like, thank you. Get, you. Theo, yeah. well, like, get the heck out of here. Like, uh, it's, it's yeah, like, I've had my eye on Theo for years. He's been, he's been my favorite executive for like a, over a decade. And, and now we he, can actually get him. I never thought we'd be able to get no, him. And I thought you, he you was just, just got to capitalize on this opportunity. There's only like, Theo is the one guy in the MLB where I'd say you go whole hog after no, all gas, no breaks. I mean, oh, if yeah. you want to get someone like Eric Neander, he's a good get, but the Rays have made him off limits. There is a, this massive fish sitting in a pond waiting to be caught. John Middleton, drop the bag, please. Yeah, I mean, this is – you want a World Series. You want to return this team to what it was from the 2007 to 2011 run where baseball ran – King, king in Philadelphia. Philadelphia this is the was dude a to do baseball it. town. Yeah, Theo is the one to do it. It's but just, it's, it's got to happen. I need it. I need Theo in my life right now. The the other important questions, though, that hopefully it's Theo answering. I'll feel a lot better about what the answer is if, <laughs> if it's, it's Theo the, Epstein <laughs> making these decisions. I think we got to start with the catcher's market. This is because huge this position, Phillies. we have the biggest fish. The biggest fish comes from our lineup. And we yeah. got to decide, do we bring him back no matter what the cost? Because it seems like the cost could be pretty lucrative. I'm yeah. seeing AAVs that are higher than that of Bryce Harper. Yeah, I'm seeing like five, six years some people are saying close to $177 million for JT yes, Real Muto. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that. And he's a very good catcher. He's the best catcher in baseball. I, and I know you wrote in your blog that you just published, Jeff, that you're willing yeah, to go. Yeah, Fitz blog. Check You're it willing out. to go 5-135 for Real 5, Muto? 5-135 is my maximum, yes. I that even sends shivers down my spine. I think the most I'd be, I could cope with is 5-125, but yeah. I'm really hoping that JT, if he wants to stay in Philadelphia, can give a home team discount and we get him closer to 5-110-115. Yeah, 135 I'm not super comfortable with, but I think we kind of backed ourselves into a corner where he's too important to the team that – that extra 10 million or so there, I think I would, I would feel compelled to pay it just to just keep him around, keep that positive impact he has on the whole team, the pitching staff, the lineup, just the, the game day in and day out. But 135, yeah, I do think is a lot. That's why it's my absolute, absolute cutoff max. Yeah, I mean, um, I – would love to see JT in red and white for the next five years. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I'm kind of also preparing that we're not going to be seeing JT in a Phillies uniform, which is – It feels like a bidding war is coming, and I, I don't know that I, we're prepared to, to go into it. Like we were – I don't think we have the stupid money right now. No. Um, like we did with Bryce. Yeah, so I'm kind of preparing to kind of move in a different direction for catcher. And I know, Jeff, this is where you kind of come in. You have done a lot of looking into 
potential catchers that the Phillies could go after and get if uh, JT is not our backstop next year. So if you want to talk a little bit about those guys, be more than willing to sit back and listen for a little bit. Yeah, so when I would put out my, my blogs for the Philly Fitz blog, I kept finding everyone was mostly interested in JT. What's going to happen with JT? JT, JT, JT. And really nobody seemed to know what our other options were. And, and I think this true, is kind of a, a problem with Phillies fans. I think there's a lot of Phillies fans out there who think it is JT or bust. Yeah, I mean, JT, it's very important to keep JT. Right. I keeping think for him what would we, be huge. For what we gave up for him, it is keeping him would be important, but I don't think it's going to send the franchise into a tailspin if we don't keep him. Because I think, like you're about to go into, there are other options who yeah. would benefit the Phillies. Yeah, it's just we got to make sure that we identify the right option. And... I think I've, I've found a decent amount of guys who we could really pivot to. And there's a, there's a few guys in free agency. I think really there's mainly one that you would want to go after if you miss out on JT. One that you can kind of still maintain a solid impact right. from the catcher position. The others are mostly from trade. But the one that you could look at where you don't have to, to move any additional assets, you just have to pay him money, is James McCann of the Chicago White Sox. So he's a guy who two years ago, he really saw a breakout in what was his first year in Chicago after starting his career with the, the Tigers, yep. the Chicago White Sox, that is. And it saw him become an all-star for the first time. And his numbers were actually semi-comparable to JT. JT's numbers were better that year, um, his first year in Philly. But it was a really good year from James McCann. James McCann put up 18 homers, 273 batting average, 60 RBIs. So those are really solid numbers from the catcher position. Again, you're never really going to see the premium bat numbers from a catcher. You don't even see that from JT. JT's not yeah. going to be the guy putting up 320 batting average, 30 home runs. I believe his career high, even 25 from that 2019. Yeah. Well, I like James I like McCann had an impressive season that year. And then, of course, this past season was shortened, but also after the year, the, the White Sox pivoted and took advantage of an opportunity of seeing Yasmani Grandal on the free agent market. So that kind of left less games for McCann to really play. Right. So he became, you don't want to say an afterthought, but he's not really in their long-term plans anymore because they, they did drop a bag on Yasmani Grandal. And I, that start, you start to think about, okay, if the James McCann didn't really, he only played 31 games in a 60 game season, maybe that lends him. He's a little more, maybe he's not as worn out as you would expect a 31 year old 
catcher to be. I mean, he did play a lot in Detroit and last season before Chicago got uh, uh, Yasmani Grandal. He was an all-star, played almost every day. But you, you think maybe he kind of had the shortened season where he didn't play as much. He might be a little fresher than some other uh, catchers, which is good. Not Like you were saying, I think he's very – you're not JT is the best catcher bat. Like he's very good. Um, it's going to be very hard to replicate that impact. But like you're saying the defensive numbers are kind of similar. I mean, in terms of uh, throwing uh, runners out on steal attempts, um, I'm trying to find the. Exact- yeah, I believe they were uh, both at 33 percent. So for over their career in his, yeah, uh, he that's. Uh, actually, in seven seasons, James McCann is a 36%. He was 33% in uh, 2020, in the last season, but he's 36 well, What you're seeing there is both yeah. guys are above average arms. Yeah. So, and uh, another important factor is the pitch framing. And while James McCann isn't JT, again, he's not JT, and any of these categories really, but he more than holds his own. He's, I believe, top 10 MLB in pitch framing last year. So it's, it's important to realize that we shouldn't be setting out to replicate JT's offensive production from the catcher spot. I think you can do that at another position for less money. Yeah. Because his numbers aren't, premium bat numbers they're premium catcher bat numbers but i think the route you have to go is identify guys that can give you good offensive production from the catcher spot but really try and mitigate that defensive loss from moving on from jt and the best way to do that in free agency i would say is james mccann buy a lot so if you can get him at a good price he's the guy to go to yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see James McCann getting this massive contract. I think um, he might be a I guy. I think that, he could be somewhere between fifteen, twenty million, three, four years. Yeah, I, I think the most you would kind of see him go for is like maybe a, a if he did like uh, like a ten million dollar AAV. That's kind of the upper echelon for James McCann contract. So he won't cost you think nearly you as see. much as JT would. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the numbers could wind up being, maybe someone takes a shot on it. That's why I gave kind of a higher, higher outlook mm-hmm. on it. I, I'd be comfortable James McCann at, I, I could stretch it 45 over three. I'd be kind of happy with that. Doesn't feel like as crazy of a deal as what you might see JT get. But really, the other guys you're looking at in free agency is – Yachty, it's, I, he's not going anywhere. It's not exciting. Tyler Flowers, yeah. Jason Castro. Uh, Wilson, Wilson Ramos. Ramos uh, I mean, you don't want that, that no. defensive like – his defensive issues are enough for me that I, I'll let him go wherever else. He's right. got a good bat when he's hitting, but he wasn't even hitting last year, I don't think. No. Uh, James Zunino, McCann – is the other? Yeah, James and, McCann would be the only alternative. Yeah, none of uh, these other names are really inspiring. Catchers in free agency. Yeah, I mean, so They're, that leaves the Phillies with the option if they don't get JT, 
then you look for a trade. Yeah, I think James McCann, or there's two teams I'd be calling him. First one is the Dodgers, and the second is the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Dodgers. The Dodgers there have, they really have three catchers right now. They have Will Smith, who you saw be a very important bat for them in the playoffs. Very, very, pretty very clutch important. bat. Still yeah. pretty young. He's mid-20s. Um, yeah. And it seems they're going to have to make a decision there. So they might stick with the, the pretty sure bat. They know what they're going to get from him. Probably around a 260-ish hitters. Safe for them to expect. Just pretty decent offensive output. And then they have a defensive catcher too. Kershaw's personal catcher, Austin Barnes. Yeah, and that's why I don't think Austin Barnes, you just said it. He's Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher. He's not going anywhere. He will not be on the move from L.A. Um, he is set in stone. I don't think that franchise wants to upset Clayton Kershaw by getting rid of his personal catcher. So They have he, done it before, though. I, don't, I agree they might not want to do it. But I remember Kershaw was, uh, was pretty fond of A.J. Ellis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was at a more advanced age when he got moved. But they have done it before. Maybe they're, they're willing to move Barnes again or move the Kershaw catcher in Barnes. Um, and he's a guy that I, I'm definitely targeting if he's available. I don't think his price should be that high. He's not a fearsome catcher bat by any means. And he's not young either. Yeah, but he's, he's going to give you – he'll give you solid, incredibly solid defense. And that's something I think the Phillies could really use if they have to, to move on. Yeah, and I mean, and, I, I might stand alone here, but I think if the Phillies are trading for – yeah, Miguel Maya is really good in Chicago, but I love Kybert Ruiz. I keep it Ruiz, however you pronounce his name. I really like him, a switch hitter. Big frame behind the plate, six foot, 225. He's young. He's 22, 23. He, he's exciting to me. I really like that. Yeah. I'd be excited if uh, the price tag's not too high on him. I'm a little worried about our ability to, to meet whatever the ask is for the Dodgers. Worried maybe they want someone major league ready who we kind of need if we want to win. Right. But if the price tag is right and we're comfortable with what we would have to move, I'm absolutely all in on Kybert Ruiz. He's the, I, I love the fact that he's a switch hitter, top-rated yeah. catcher prospect. It would be a good get. It would be a very good get. But like you were saying, I'm just nervous of what the headliner in that deal would have to be. Um, yeah. It, it feels like Barnes, the price tag would be the lowest. Maybe Smith is the most attainable, though. But – Whoever the Dodgers are willing to trade from that group, I'm definitely calling on. Yeah. But then I you mean, touched on Miguel Amaya, too. And I'm not sure the Cubs are really going to be willing to move him, but his presence could make them willing to move one of the other ones. There's been less rumors about the Cubs, but it definitely seems the Cubs are starting to implement some change. You saw – Madden move on last year. Mm-hmm. Now you see Theo move on with Jed Hoyer taking over as the president. So I think it's fair to wonder if they'd be willing to part with one of 
Contreras or Victor Caratini. And both of those guys are – they'd be fine uh, catchers for the Phillies. Um, I like Yeah, Wilson Contreras, Contreras two-time all-star. Yeah. Um, again, that's just the other thing is uh, with all of these trades, really it's I'm just worried about what the price tag would be for the Phillies because there's certain guys in the, the farm system that I really want to hold on to. Um, in the term right now – Bryson Stott, I want to hold on to him um, because we don't. There's uh, uncertainty surrounding the shortstop position in the coming years for the Phillies. Um, Mick Abel is he's another name that could get thrown around in a lot of trades, and I just hope the Phillies do not move him because that kid is a flamethrower. He's an electric factory. Love Mick yes. Abel. Hope he does not – he should not be getting moved whatsoever. But I think uh, there's a lo- certainly a lot of avenues that the Phillies could explore at catcher. And I think it's important to assure Phillies fans that it's, it's not JT or bust. I know it might seem yeah. like it in this moment, and I uh, agree it's important if, that we get them back. But it's important we get them back for the right place – the right price – where it's not going to cripple the franchise for the next five years. Uh, we, we, especially in Philadelphia, have seen contracts age really poorly. And I, I, I'm afraid that that's – if we give JT a seven-year contract that's huge money, that that's, it's going to be the same thing that we saw with contracts from that 2008 Phillies team, like the Ryan Howard contract, where it just cripples the franchise and it ages so poorly, especially as a catcher where there's no guarantee that the DH comes back to the National League. Uh, it worries me. Yeah. So I think we can leave this off at uh, our list, our, our preference for catchers, obviously. Number one, JT. I think we can agree McCann is two. Don't have to yep. trade any prospects or anything. And then for me, number three, I have Contreras. Yeah, I think I Contreras think... has the best chance to give you really good output. And you get him, I believe, this season and one more. Hopefully you can lock him up somewhere in there. I don't think he'll cost as nearly as much as JT. We'll no, I don't think any, any catcher will ever cost as much as yeah, his JT and contract. If not one of those three, whoever's the lowest asking price of the other trade candidates we outlined. Yeah. So That's then... Just... If we want to pivot to the uh, the infielders, where there's some infielders right. that really excite me, go around the horn. Um, in terms of first baseman, Phillies are that's not a position of need for the Phillies. I don't think. Yes, yeah, maybe you find just a bat for the bench. Mm-hmm. You want to bring someone in to back up. I but I think what you're looking for more, what I'm tending to look for more from the infield, is a guy that can play multiple positions. Yeah, one of those guys that you could just plug and play. Anywhere you'll feel comfortable with him in that position and you're not going to have to worry about a defensive drop-off. Yeah, because I think, let's be honest here, there's a, a, reasonable, a reasonable chance that we lose out on D.D. Gregorius this year, which is going to be a huge hole in our lineup and is really going to hurt the lefty-righty. So I, I'd really like to get in another lefty to the lineup if we're mm-hmm. – if we can bring back DD, especially if we lose JT, you bring back DD. But if we can retain JT, 
or if we lose out on JT and Didi, we're going to need another lefty. We're going to need another infielder. And one guy I'm really eyeing up is a guy that I think could be similar impact to what DJ LeMahieu was a few years ago. And that's Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella has had a real impact the last couple years, especially when two years ago, back with the Angels, he was lighting it up for a while until I believe he suffered a, a, a leg injury. Yeah, he got – did get, I but he was a high impact bat. Yep, he was making a lot of contact for the Angels. He was a problem, and I think that's a guy that the Phillies could benefit from tremendously. Left-handed bat, and he can play multiple spots in the infield. He was Tommy Lastella. Is you're talking last in our the last podcast about how the Marlins brought in professional bats to help them. Tommy yeah, Lastella is a professional bat um he is he's not a high strike like in the in the league today we see so many guys strikeouts all the time Tommy Lastella isn't a high strikeouts guy he puts the ball in play he works walks his bat to ball skills are elite yeah, yeah he's not the guy that if we sign him this offseason no one's going to be throwing parades yay we signed Tommy Lastella except maybe this podcast you yeah me specifically (laughs) me but I think that a couple months into the season it's something you're going to look back at and be very very pleased that you signed him because I think you start off the year have him at third base while Reese is recovering and throw Boehm over at first Mm -hmm. and then once Reese is back you put Boehm back at third and you can move Lestella to second, platoon him with Scotty. Use Scotty as kind of like our Kike Hernandez for the Dodgers. And I think that gives you the best chance to win while kind of spending more on a budget, which seems like we're headed towards. Right. And I mean, yeah, I could see Tommy Lestella contract. He's 32, two years, $20 million. I think that's a yeah, very – Yeah, I'm comfortable there. That's, that's a good deal for him. And I mean – you're to, he's the utility guy. If, if maybe uh, Alec Boom kind of works on some things at third base and gets fielding figured out, Tommy Lastella can be the first baseman until Reese is back. There's a lot that you can do with yeah. Tommy Lastella, and that's exciting. And he, like we were saying, he is a very uh, – he gets the bat to the ball. He's a professional hitter, and I, I would like that signing. But yeah, I'm not going to shy away from a big fish, but if you can bring in whoever, bring in whoever, but Tommy Lastella should definitely be right. a name that we keep our eyes on because he could really help this team. Yeah, and I mean, I obviously would love, if we can't get JT to come back, I think Didi's got to be your guy. Yes, he was Didi has to be at the top of 100%. Will, you stand before we started recording, he was just the most – Consist one of the most consistent bats in the Philadelphia lineup when he needed to come up big. We needed someone to come up with a big hit. Didi always seems to deliver. Uh, you know, yeah. so many times he had the bases loaded, and you were just like, "All right, here comes a grand slam into the second deck in right field." Yeah, it's just like, and it happens. 
I, I think what you guys were talking about with Listella, we saw this year with Didi, very little to no strikeouts. I mean, he was just always contact with the ball. There was, it, I always felt like looking, like sometimes I wouldn't be watching the game, but you'd just go on StatCast and there'd be like a 13 pitch at bat for Didi. He would just be that type of guy that would just have those extended long at bats and always found a way to get contact with the ball and always produced for the Phillies. So I think, yeah, he was like, important, big, important part of the lineup, big bat. Right. Yeah. And like you guys said though, with, with JT, yeah, you hope we go and bring him back. But if we don't get JT, sometimes I felt like Didi last year was, we saw that slump in the middle of the season with JT where him and Bryce just weren't as productive as, as they usually are. And we looked at Didi and we were like, all right, here he comes stepping up to the plate and producing those type of games that we know JT and Bryce to have. So I think, yeah, obviously we want to see JT back in a Phillies uniform, but if the money's just not there, you have to re-sign Didi or Gordon. And I don't think Didi is going to be an exceedingly high contract either. I mean, I think he's not going to be another guy that costs you. Like ESPN has a projected contract for Didi of one year, $9 million. And if that's the case, if he wants another one-year deal, I'd be willing to go one year, $9 million on Didi as another oh, sure. kind of yeah. proven year. Cause that's I what think he, he commands more than that, though. Oh, I, I think I, he does. Down to I, I think, I think it'll be multi-year yeah. and probably around or upwards of the 14 he made last year. Right, and I, I look at um, his uh, WOBA and his exit velocities from this year. He was hitting the balls really hard. And, yeah. and I mean, sometimes right at someone, but the ball was just jumping off of his bat. It suggests he is the same player he was in 2019 before he got hurt, which is really exciting because he was really, 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 really good for the Yankees. Yeah, I remember when we first signed Didi, all you saw in the comments section was like, oh, the Yankees screwed up. Oh, there's, there's something yeah. wrong with the Yankees because – like, when, when I saw we signed Didi, I was like, all right, we're probably definitely going to get the Didi that the Yankees knew and loved. And I think we saw that this year. I mean, Didi was just that productive. Yeah, he showed he's back from his injury for sure and produced at a high level as the season went on. Mm -hmm. So I identified one of my favorite infielders. We know Will loves Didi. I think we all love Didi, but Will loves Didi. Yeah, Will Antonio, does. is there any infielder that you're really eyeing? In this I am, actually. Class? Um, he's a 25-year-old from South Korea. He currently plays in the KBO. I'm going to butcher his name. Ha Sung Kim. Um, I don't know if I had that right at all, but he has been – he's a right-handed hitter. He, plays, he can play shortstop. He can play third base. Um, he has this really unique combination of power and speed. So uh, in the KBO last season in the, for the Kai Woom Giants, he played in 138 games. He batted 306. He hit 30 home runs, 109 RBIs, and had 23 stolen bases. Now the KBO is kind of – the skill level in the KBO is kind of similar to somewhere – some amalgamation of – double-A and triple-A level talent, but those numbers are still 
if you're getting those numbers over a full season of a triple-A player, you are expecting him to be in the major leagues. And I think you can get uh, Kim on a longer contract. He's 25 for cheap. I'm thinking five years, $25, $30 million. You have to pay the international fee. But he could be the long-term one. He could be a potential long-term answer to the Phillies' uh, hole that's opening up at shortstop. And I think he is has just – I love his power speed combo. Uh, he's yeah. a decent fielder. He doesn't – he's not – he's not going to be like this wonderful – Yeah. Well, I've heard he holds his own at, at shortstop, though, which is yeah. very important. As long as a guy that can stick at shortstop – hold his own, be a solid enough defender. We'll take that. From what I've read, he'd probably be an upgrade over what looks like is going to be our shortstop situation, Gene Segura again. He played in 743 innings in 2020 and had a fielding percentage of 963. So that's over 700-plus innings. That's really good. He's he's around the 95 – above a 95% fielder, which in – the league is just – it's that's really good. And it's – I love this kid. I think he could be a really key piece for the Phillies moving forward. Um, I want him. I want him bad. Yeah. We've seen some international bats come over from leagues like the KBO recently, the last few years. And a lot of them have kind of underwhelmed. But what's different about Kim is he's a lot younger at 25. And I think that's a lot more cause for excitement. He's not in the prime yet of his career. And it seems like you could really develop him. And there's a chance to get something pretty special at less of a cost than you would. I would love to see maybe if we miss out on Didi, you get him and Tommy Lastella. Yeah. And not I mean, keep bringing up Tommy Lastella, but I love you Tommy bring Lestella's bat. Ha Kim over. That's the equivalent of bringing up a prospect. If you sign him yeah. for a five-year contract, he's under control for all those years. Like he can't – his free agency doesn't kick in until the normal service requirement is up. So it's – I think that could be a big play for the Phillies to kind of get some consistency with a potentially really productive bat in an MLB setting. I think it might – if he comes over, it might take him a year to get adjusted – to the MLB, but I think uh, he could be a good bat moving forward, and I would love to see him in a Phyllis uniform if we miss out on Didi. So our outfield, we're not really losing anybody besides Jay Bruce. I don't believe him. We have, uh, obviously, Bryce is going to be back next year, Mm. contract. I think runs through next year, right? Yeah, well, I – Covers next year and yeah. the year after that and every other year. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, I think Bryce is going to be a Philly for a low, pretty long time there. Yeah, yeah, that's a selling point to Theo. <laughs> yeah. You, you got Bryce. And then shortstop or center field, we still have Hazley and Quinn. And, and we have Kutch for left. We have Mickey Moniak who's in the wings. We have – there's a, there's a couple options – for outfielders um and this is where my actually actually my number one target in free agency is an outfielder um, yeah i 
believe I might know where you're going with this. And I just want to say before, the only thing we're really losing in the outfield is a big left-handed bat. So I'm wondering, is there anyone that could really step in and give the left-handed power that Jay Bruce has? Yeah, and he's actually five years younger than Jay Bruce. And I'm looking at Dodgers outfielder Jock Peterson, my number Love one. Love me some target. Jock. He is my number one free agent target. I would do unspeakable things to have Jock Peterson in a Phillies uniform for the next seven years. <laughs> Just I want Jock Peterson. And you can – he's – an everyday player, you stick him out there every day next to Bryce Harper. That's two lefty power bats in the outfield. And then if you really want to, you can platoon McCutcheon. He's getting up there in age, coming off the ACL injury um, from two years ago. He can't really play every day. Adam Hazley, we saw him struggle against lefties. but He hits pretty well against righties. So you kind of could do a platoon situation there. But I want jock peterson in a phillies uniform it's i he's my number one target like yeah my hope with jock is that he gets paid like his production was which was being that lefty off the bench lefty platoon power and my concern though is that teams might see that potential that we both see that that big bat big production numbers from Jock Peterson who can really just change a game with one swing and somebody might overpay for Jock, but if that's not the way the market's developing, which it seems like a lot of teams might be not so willing to spend. And if that's the case and the guys like Jock Peterson are seeing their numbers decrease. I'm all in. I'm all I'm jumping in. in. If you can get them for one year, I'd take that one year. If you can get two, three years, I'd take that. And I mean – Doc Peterson would be a very solid addition for this team. A lot of people are going to look, point to this this season. Jock only batted 190 in the regular season. I'm not – I will not – I will lean fully into that. He played in 43 games. I had 138 plate appearances – He only batted 190, but in the playoffs, when it mattered, he was a key piece in getting the Dodgers that World Series. I love his production. Um, I am not afraid of his – he had a a down season. He's usually around the 250 batter. We saw that in his rookie year and last year. Um, I want him. I I, I, I can't – he's – I want him. Yeah, I think he could benefit from a, a slight change of scenery, too, because, I mean, Jock Peterson coming off the top prospect, uh, he kind of, everyone in L.A. expected he was going to, I believe he was coming up just as Ethier was on his way out, maybe. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of expected Jock Peterson slides in, and he's everyday outfielder the next 10 years. And that wasn't the case. And sometimes just getting away from those expectations and Jock Peterson coming to Philly or anywhere else that's not the Dodgers right now, there's yeah. not going to be that, oh, one of our top prospects' expectations. It's going to yeah. be – my expectations for him would be fill in for Jay Bruce. Become Jay Bruce. I'm expecting maybe a, not as great numbers as 
Jay Bruce put up, but I'm expecting more availability. And I, I think you the saw other Jay Bruce go down be, a lot. Yeah. I think the other thing that would be great about having Jock Peterson in Citizens Bank Park is it's Citizens Bank Park is an extremely left handed hitter friendly ballpark. Right field is not that deep. Um, it could be, I, I agree the change of scenery out of LA could benefit him. Uh, the expectations in LA with the Dodgers are always just through the roof, perennial world series contenders. I think Jock would do well to kind of shake it up a little bit and get out of, get out of Dodge and uh, come to Philly. I think that you're saying be a more available Jay Bruce. Um, I mean, in 2019, when he played 140, he played in 149 games, hit 36 home runs. I'll take that. I'll take even the 25 he hit in 2018. It just he's a he's another guy who's just a good hitter, uh, power bat that would greatly benefit the Phillies. There's not too many other guys that I'm really seeing as being pretty clear fits. I think no. there's, like, in terms of outfielders, uh, Jerks and Profar is a guy who could play some outfield. Yeah, he's another like one of another those Kingery. utility. Yeah. yeah. Jerks and Profar is another, like, utility guy. You plug and play him in a lot of places. And he's a good player. He's young, 28. Um, yeah, but. another former top prospect. If the price is right there, I'll take a shot on him. I don't want to talk too much about him, though. But I want Jerks. Um, and – yeah, I mean, I'm very in on Jock. The uh, the other outfielder, again, I don't want to go too much into him. Everyone kind of knows who this guy's about. Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, but... give you really solid defense. He would sure up our center field defense mm-hmm. and kind of lit it up towards the end of last year. He's a guy, if the price is right, I'll take a shot on Jackie Bradley Jr. I'll I take think... a shot on Jerks and Profar. Yeah, but I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to go – I don't think he's – I know we're shied away from this, but I don't think Jack Bradley Jr. stays in Boston. I think he moves on and kind of gets a better contract somewhere else. Yeah, I um, think, I think he'd be out of Boston. I think he'd be getting more than what the Phillies are willing to give. Uh, I this, could see that. At his, this point in time. He's got a special glove. Yeah, he does. Um, and just like some of the other outfielders, there's really no other – like George Springer is obviously one of the top free agents of this class. There's no – like the Phillies aren't going to pursue him. And then there's really – We will not, not be getting George Springer. No. Official take I'm, of this pod. I'm not really uh, impressed with very many other outfielders. I mean, Yasiel Puig, mm, Adam Eaton, mm, Domingo Santana. Mm. Like there's no one out there that really excites me outside of Jock Peterson. Yeah. Where I think we could find more exciting names, though, is the starting pitcher market. Oh. So, when I look through the starting pitcher market, obviously, everyone knows already, we made it very known, we love Trevor Bauer. Again, like George Springer, though, there's. I'm just not sure that happens. Unless Bauer continues this weird string he has of just taking one-year deals with teams – uh, I, I I just – I don't see any alternate universe where the Phillies sign Trevor Bauer. I believe Bauer will strictly be highest bidder. Oh, definitely. 
And I don't think that the starting pitching market this year is going to be somewhere where we're willing to do that. If we no. get into a bidding war anywhere, it'll just be because we feel the need to re-sign JT. That's the only place yeah. where I could even see us getting into any bidding war. And that's not even looking likely at this point. Mm. I think what we're going to have to do is settle for those, those one-year deals, maybe a two-year deal or something. And there's some solid veteran bounce-back candidates I've looked at. Yeah, I have a there's, couple uh, names. There's Charlie Morton. Yeah, I like Charlie Morton. He's been really solid the last few years. I think that's a guy who – I would say he's been better than solid, actually. Yeah. That's a guy you could look at on a one-year deal. In the past, he's always been keen on staying on the East Coast. Had him here in Philly a few years back. Didn't end great. Mm-hmm. Running out of bunt is hard sometimes. Mm. I'm not going to talk about it. And then another name I'm looking at, another one that stood out to me, was Mike Miner. Okay. Mike Miner's yeah, a guy I mean, that – Mike Miner's – yeah, we've pursued him in the past. Rumors of pursuing him two years back at the trade deadline when he was when putting up electric punted. numbers. Yeah, they uh, – but Mike Miner is a guy who's had success in the rotation in the past, had success in the bullpen in the past. And it's not a name that's going to excite you, but it's a name that could be pretty solid, as right. is James Paxton. Big Maple. Yeah, I, I think Paxton, it sounds like maybe he's going to get a better deal than Philly might be able to offer. Right. But right now, the name from the names I'm looking at, I'm kind of – I'm comfortable in the Mike Miner range. I – so I'm going to throw out two names to kind of get both of your uh, impact. Uh, this first one, he has had some injury problems. I'll be very upfront. But he is a two-time Cy Young Award winner. That's Corey Kluber. I could see him coming in on a one-year deal, one year, seven to ten million dollars. He's yeah, obviously a, a solid pitcher. He's won two Cy Young awards, and then the other name that I want to throw out there is Anthony DiSclefani. Oh, I I, I think That's he could. He's another there. guy that could come in, a two three-year deal. It wouldn't be super high AAV, but he is a consistent pitcher. I like him. He He's a good three third man in the rotation to just come in every five days and do what needs to be done. Yeah, I think he would probably help with the inconsistencies that the Phillies have had for so many years with the back end of that starting rotation. You know, one last interesting name for me that I was kind of looking at is I don't know if you guys saw what Taiwan Walker did this year. Uh, that was another name I had. I was I had have his uh, baseball reference up on the side. I was looking at him. Yeah, so Taiwan Walker, I remember growing up, my brother and I would get excited about two pitching prospects at the <laughs> time. There was Dylan Bundy, the all-world pitching prospect. Dylan but then hot on his tail was Taiwan Walker. Both guys – it was kind of weird. Both guys really underwhelmed through most of their career. And then for some reason during the Corona season, turned it on. Yeah, he did turn it on. All it took was one little pandemic for Taiwan Walker to get it going. 
But for that reason, I think maybe his he's not commanding that much of a contract. I think maybe maybe he takes a one year. I'm gonna show it's legit deal. I'd I'd be down for that. I'm in. I would go two years on Taiwan Walker. Three years. I'm not gonna pay him anything crazy because it was one year. It Mm -hmm. was just one year that he showed it. But. I think if you could get in on him now, while his price tag's not likely to be that high, that's a move that could pay off in spades for you. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, if I just look through, there's a there's a bunch of guys. Obviously, um, I would. Charlie Morton is a guy I would love to bring in. Love to bring back. Yeah. Like, whenever would be you're a major pitch, win. You're if you're. Uh, your team's go-to guy for game seven of the American League Championship Series to get you to the World Series. You're obviously a consummate professional. You, you're, you, you're someone that your team can trust to go out there and get it done, and I think that's exactly what the Phillies need. Someone who can go out there one, one day every five, once every five days and just get it done. Yeah, I would be ecstatic if we brought in Charlie Morton on a one-year deal. The last two guys I just want to briefly touch on is if we bring back Cole Hamels on a one-year deal, cheap, I'll be happy with that. I, I think that's a – I don't see Cole Hamels ending his career anywhere other than in Philadelphia. Um, I think this could be the perfect fairy tale send-off. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be getting the Cole Hamels – that we grew yeah. up on, but it, it'll be nice to see Cole back in a Phillies uniform. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's all we really have to say about Cole is it, it'd be nice. Yeah. And the last guy, last free agent starting pitcher I want to touch on is a guy who's not a free agent anymore. Oh, no, we're not talking about a guy. Right I was really excited not, to I, talk about and blog about. All offseason, and isn't he the first free agent <laughs> to sign? Uh, Robbie Ray. His obsession is a, bit, Ray. is a bit much, Jeff. It's I think bad. it's worse than We're, my Didi Gregorius obsession. We don't need to talk about Robbie Ray because he's going to be in Toronto exactly. for the next year. Um, so yeah, maybe he's next, in Toronto for next maybe, year. But maybe next off trade season. Deadline. Trade deadline. Or maybe next offseason when we're recording this podcast our wish list, we can talk about Robbie Ray, but that's not Just keep in mind, Robbie Ray is forever on my list. If he's ever available, if Toronto struggles, Robbie Ray. And I was really excited to tell everyone about Robbie Ray, but thanks to the Blue Jays, we're moving on. And moving on to something that the Phillies, I think the fans are clamoring. To hear oh about. my God! The bullpen. Phillies bullpen is so awful. They they were historically bad in 2020. Um, someone said Shane Bieber could let up 45 consecutive home runs, and his ERA would still be lower than the Phillies bullpen ERA. And that's just—I don't know if that ta- if that's just how good Shane Bieber was or how horrifically bad the Phillies bullpen was. That's just me. But obviously the big fish in the market for bullpen arms um, is a guy I would like to see the Phillies go after if we don't bring back 
it's everything keeps going back to if we don't bring back JT Real Muto, if we don't bring back JT. And the guy that goes to show there's options. If we don't spend on him, there are options. And this guy's exciting. Liam Hendricks. I he would be a guy I'd bring in three years, forty-five million dollars. He is a shutdown reliever, lefty power, electric factory. Um yeah, he's obviously I think on the the top of everyone's list for free agent gets in the bullpen. Yeah, William Hendricks is a guy who you saw get to get the closer position in Oakland and just run with it, become an absolute stud there and shut the door in the ninth inning for one of baseball's best teams. Hey, he'd be a good grab for the Phillies. I would say he's probably not my, my number one because just I, I think he's the best available. But simply for the reasoning of my preference is to kind of grab a few other guys. I think a lot of, a lot of the market, the reliever market, is going to see their numbers drop. Right. But I think that might not affect Liam Hendricks. No. Which I makes me a little, a little right. worried about pursuing I him. I think his number will stay up. If you don't bring in Liam Hendricks, there are three or four other guys that you could bring in with the money yeah, you don't spend on him. And obviously, the, that first guy, I, I'm telegraphing, I know who you're going to say it's Brad Hand. It is Brad Hand. I think Brad Hand, when you look at our division and you see some of the scariest bats. Oh, my God. The MVP and Freddie Freeman. What Ronald looks Acuna. like is a future MVP in Juan Soto. There is some scary, scary, scary left-handed bats. And that's the and key. Almost all of the scary bats are left-handed. And yeah, the, the scariest why, of the bats are left-handed. That's why getting a left-handed bullpen guy is so crucial for the Phillies. I, it can't yeah. be understated enough. It, the Phillies need to have someone who's a shutdown guy that's a southpaw. Now, I might be wrong here, but, but I think Alvarez is a lefty. No, I he's a lefty he and might a, free be a free agent. agent. He is. Jose Which you got to bring him back. That's important. But I, I don't think that's enough. And I, I think you saw Brad Hand get passed on by every team on waivers at a price tag of $10 million. Mm-hmm. And I think that that shows that teams think that his number is going to be less than that. And if right. you get Brad Hand for any number under $10 million, whether it's a one-year or a two-year deal, two year deal or even a three-year deal, Brad Hand has been consistent. Yeah, He's he what has. this team needs. Desperately I, needs. Brad Hand is more attractive to me right now than I think than Liam Hendricks because I think you can you, – he's a little younger than Hendricks too, I believe. And you can bring in Brad Hand, and I think you can bring in more with him. Yeah, I, Brad Hand is certainly a guy he's, that – should be on the top of the Phillies bullpen list for the reasons you exactly what you were saying. He's going to be cheaper than Liam Hendricks. He's going to give you very similar to what Liam Hendricks is going, would give you. And you can bring in other guys. Um, Brandon Workman. See you later. Keep it moving. Yeah. See, I think Workman out of here could be a, a pretty good bounce back candidate. You like to try and grab the relievers off of their down years when they're not as expensive, but I just don't think that that team to bring him in, it, 
is or should be the Philadelphia no. Phillies. Because I, I think that he's kind of outstayed his welcome. I, I don't think he <laughs> would thrive sure here. Yeah, I don't think he would thrive here, really, considering his struggles. And I, I just think it's best for him to move on. However, there is a guy who it could be best for him to come back. And that's the 100 miles. Oh, yes. He, he was injured last season in COVID season. He got injured, right? Because he only pitched 3.2 innings. So he's going to be a guy you can bring back to Philadelphia yeah. for cheap. And he is the epitome of a flamethrower. 100 miles, Giles. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that uh, that signing. Um, another guy that I would like to see the Phillies bring back is Trevor May, 31 years old, uh, another right-handed pitcher. Um, we gave him up for Ben Revere, and he was in the Ben Revere trade in Yeah, so fans might be a little less familiar with Trevor May. Then they would uh, yeah, be he was, Ken Giles. He was still a but prospect, and we good. traded him to Minnesota. But he is a he's a good arm. Um, I would like to, I would I could see him being brought back. Um, there's a bunch of free agent arms in the bullpen. Um, your guy Jeremy Jeffers is apparently a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent, but I think as Maybe I was saying, you want to tend to. I I think. You want to tend to grab the guys off of their down years, not off of their kind of career years. Yeah, not off of a reliever of the year. Because that, that's how you wind up paying too much money for the guy, and then you see them fall apart. Like Brandon Workman had mm. a, his absolute best season two years ago, and then this past year fell apart. That's the concern, because if Workman was a free agent last year, maybe you're seeing him get a lot of money. And with how he performed last year, that would have really hurt a team. Oh, but yeah. I, I think you can find guys like Shane Green, who could bounce back to being dominant like he was that half a season with the Tigers. Or I'm looking at Keona Kella. Keona Kella is a name that I also have looked at that would be very interesting for the Phillies to bring in. Um, he is – he was – the Pirates didn't trade him, right? No, he, he was, was – he stayed with the Pirates, yes. So, I He was think traded from Texas to the Pirates to, a little yeah. bit ago. So, I think he's one of those guys that could be um, a very good arm for the Phillies to bring in. And then there's some other guys that you could just bring in on a one-year deal, not too high. There's a bunch of these guys. A bunch of guys like – Blake Trinan could come in on a one-year deal for $4 million and just be a, a veteran arm in the bullpen to have. I, I think the, that's what the Phillies – obviously, if you can sign Liam Hendricks for – you can get him on a good contract to get him. But I think what the Phillies need more than just one flamethrower highlight guy is a bunch of – veterans on one one or two year cheap deals with a couple young guys in there to just kind of get the bullpen back on track. That's the most important thing is getting the pen back to 
I mean, you literally can't be worse than 2020 Phillies bullpen. Um, they just got to find something to do to get them back on track because the Phillies have a very deep lineup. Whatever moves they make in free agency is only going to help that lineup. They can put up runs, but it really doesn't matter how, how many runs you're putting up. We saw it in a seven-game doubleheader against Toronto. The Phillies went into the bottom of the seventh inning up 7 nothing and lost the game. Like, yeah, that, that, that can never happen. Like guys like – I hate to say like Sir Anthony Dominguez, Hector Neris. We have a bunch of guys on arbitration. I don't know if it's worth bringing Sir Anthony Dominguez back. Um, he His injuries scare me a lot. He's just – he had one big – he had a big splash in 2018 and then has just been hurt ever since. Um, obviously, I, I think you bring Hector back. Yeah, you definitely bring Hector, Hector back. Hector the protector. Um, I think – but that's really – if you can get Dave Robertson to come back. But I don't think there's a lot of guys in this Phillies bullpen who are leaving that you are clamoring to keep. Yeah, I think there, there's really – of the guys who aren't back, I, I think Hector might basically – I think he's still on the roster. Well, yeah, um, he's in arbitration, so. But – we're starting to get a little long-winded here, so let's just kind of wrap this up for what we, we know all the fans want to hear what we're doing with the bullpen. So let's kind of just give them a brief summary of our ideal bullpen with maybe two guys from who we talked about. We'll say you, we bring back Alvarez and we bring back Robertson on small deals. Then let's each just give two guys who were signing from free agency from the pen. Okay. I'm going to go with my okay. two are I'm bringing Brad Hand and Ken Giles. Those two, you bring them in, add them to the back of the bullpen with what we have in Naris and Alvarez. And I think we got a pretty decent bullpen. Antonio? I am also bringing in Brad Hand, but I'm bringing back Trevor May to be in the bullpen for the Phillies. Um, I like Trevor May. I mean, I like Ken Giles, but I like Trevor May just a little bit more. Um, Will, who are, you, who are you bringing in? I think I got to hop on the bandwagon with Jeff here. Uh, Ken Giles and, and Brad Hand, I think both have, have shown really good success. And obviously Giles coming off the injury, I think we're going to hopefully see the Giles that, that we knew when he was back here on the Phillies. So I, I think if we got those two, I think there's something to be excited for in the, uh, in the bullpen. I don't like being the same, so I'm switching from Ken Giles <laughs> to Keone Kella. That way we have a little bit of a difference here. You, you saw Will made the same decision. Oh, bad choice. Moving on. Yeah, I realized I must have done something wrong. <laughs> so so uh, I think that about wraps up everything yeah. we had. I mean, if people could take away anything from all the names, I know we threw up a lot of names. There's, we covered this was a, a lot name, of stuff. This was a name throw-up episode. There was... So yeah, many, there's so much we covered, but there's a lot to think about. But really, if we could sum it all up, is there are options? Yeah, that's the that's the most important thing. It's not there's different JT ways we can bust. go. Yes, it is not JT or bust. If we can, if the price is right, you bring back JT. If it's not, there's options. Mm -hmm. So everybody tweeted us. If you get the time after you listen to this. 
tell us who you're looking at. Tell us who you like. Tell us if you like Listella. If you like Jock, who's your bullpen, guys? So ponder that, tweet at us, and we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.